Welcome to the Hedera Hashcast, episode 17. I'm your host, Warlock and Key, and joining us today is the Director of Business Development at Hashport, Jesse Whiteside. Hi guys, nice to be here. Jesse, this, we did not have a technical issue. No, we didn't. This is the first time I'm ever speaking to you, ever, you know, ever, you know, ever. My my good friend, Jesse, we met... 10 minutes ago. I think it's fair to call call you my good friend after Absolutely. 10 minutes. Uh we did not have to restart the recording. That's that doesn't ha- no, that doesn't happen on a show never of this quality. Absolutely. I know our I know our I know our patrons out there uh, are f- very familiar with the quality of this program. Now, for the first time ever in your life, I'm going to ask this question that you're you're going to be baffled to hear. How do you personally feel about anime? How I feel about anime? Well, I have to be honest. Okay. This isn't the first time I've, I've heard this question because I've followed the podcast. So oh. I have heard this question asked before. Never okay, forbid okay. you ask it you know, to all of the guests. However, I do love anime. Anime is uh, you know, one of my favorite genres. Now, granted... Um, I don't like all types of anime. Mine are more um, hard hitting, probably, <laughs> figuratively and literally. But uh, yeah, definitely love the anime. Okay, give me, give me a, give me a top three. Hmm. Ooh, that's hard. Uh, I like Bleach. I've always liked Bleach. Um, One Punch Man's hilarious and awesome, and I hope they continue to to turn it into a an actual anime. Um, and the last one, hmm. I like Baki Hama. That's pretty cool. So we're, we're more shonen bros. Yeah, there you go. We don't, uh, we don't watch those, uh, those anime that are about like, uh, five, eight year old girls playing basketball. Yeah. I can't say I've ever seen those before. No. What's wrong with that? (laughs) Nothing wrong with it. Absolutely. (laughs) Can't. Can't can't an over thirty year old man enjoy a cartoon about five eight year old girls on the basketball team? Is that so wrong? This has got to be the weirdest weirdest intro I've ever been party party to. <laughs> but hey, we're here now, so we we like to keep it hard hitting. You know, we uh, I, uh, I this know. is this is journalism. All it, right, it totally is. Okay, well let's let's get into the real questions. <laughs> um. For some people who may not be aware, which uh, uh, is probably not the majority of uh, our audience. I think the majority of our audience is like devs. Um, mm. But for some people who may not be aware, what is Hashport and why might someone want to use it? Yeah, absolutely. So Hashport is an enterprise-grade uh, interoperability solution that connects uh, digital assets or tokens from uh, you know, different networks to one another. Um, and so a user might want to use an interop solution and hashpack in particular for a variety of reasons, um, but predominantly it's to move, uh, you know, one store of value um, in a form of a token from one network to another to take part in a variety of things on that given network or to take advantage of um, inherent performance characteristics or security characteristics of the network that they're going to. Um, so there's, I mean, interop. And interoperability means so many different things to so many different people. 
there's a variety of ways and and you know there's probably like 50 or 60 different interop platforms out there right now all varying in terms of how they approach the the problem of interoperability and you know to to a large extent there there's not going to be one fits all solution however uh, you know with hashport and and what we've been trying to do you know we started with a very simple premise of how do we build an interop that's as secure as possible and just does what the user is looking to do, which is migrate tokens from, from one network to another without, you know, a, a, as little fanfare as possible, essentially. Um, and, and with that, we've sort of, we've taken, you know, several design um, decisions that, that have sort of guided us on that path. One of which is we don't have a, a platform token for Hashport. A lot of uh, different interops do. Um, and while that's great, you know, maybe for, um, creating a situation where, you know, you're, you're self-enriching. <laughs> um, it, it doesn't really add a whole lot of value to, to the user when they have to procure potentially a third or even a fourth token to do, uh, you know, the porting process. Um, not to say that it, it, there couldn't be value ever in, in having one or that we'd ever entirely rule one out. But we view that right now in, in its current form and, and the way the, you know, the state of, of the market that a user just doesn't need to be concerned with, with a platform token. Not to mention, um, we wanted to, with Hashport, make it such that um, you know, we eliminated the potential or at least minimized to the greatest extent possible um, regulatory concerns. Um, for the platform, especially if we're looking to build, you know, and, and work with enterprises and large scale organizations to be able to um, migrate assets between networks. We wanted it to be, um, you know, as compliant as possible for those, those parties so that, you know, as we're ideating and, and building out these use cases, that's not a concern in the back of their minds that, hey, there might be some problems down the road with leveraging this platform over over another one. So that's really, um, in a nutshell, what Hashport is, and and sort of some of the design decisions we've taken to to get where we are. Speaking of use cases, what is the mm. currently most popular use case for Hashport? Yeah, great question. Um, the, the most popular use case is actually one of one of the only ones that is actually decided to or or actually has has. Um, made the decision to move from one network to another in its entirety. So Dovu uh, was a platform that was developed um, way back when, you know, back around 2015, 2016. I think it was a joint venture between Jaguar Land Rover. Um, and it was it was to create, you know, carbon offsets and, and um, do it in a way that, um, you know, was decentralized. Now, originally it was conceived on Ethereum and um, you know, as as many know or many might not know, um, you know, as the network rose in popularity, so did the the, the gas prices on Ethereum, um, and so it it made sort of the use case and the premise that that Dovu was looking at quite untenable. And even you know now, with if, if you look at some of the other um, you know improvements that are being made to the protocol, you know whether that's V2 that that they're going to have or ETH 2.0 that's coming out, or you know different roll-up solutions or different things of that nature, it just didn't appeal to to their platform and and the prop the the performance and security properties weren't there such that they they thought they could make a viable use case on on the platform, I believe, and so 
you know, in in integrating their Dove token onto Hashport, they they made the conscious decision that they were going to migrate, um, you know, their platform and basis of operations onto Hedera. Uh, now, Hedera's, you know, got a whole host of of uh, performance characteristics that make it a very um, hospitable. Uh, network to be on to create, you know, Web3 use cases, and especially ones that are scalable. So, I mean, they've got their own staking platform now on on Hedera uh, natively, and that's had a whole lot of success so far for them and, and continues to. And um, yeah, I, I think they're they're very excited with what they're going to be able to do. And we're excited that, you know, in leveraging Hashbert, we're actually able to um, provide them with the opportunity to uh, reposition themselves um, and their platform in the market. So definitely something that I think more and more of will happen as as devs and and platforms become more aware of, you know, Hedera and and the properties that that it provides to to use cases and users. Yeah, I remember when they were when they were coming over and just shortly before the staking program began, uh, a lot of people were using Hashport for the first time. Uh, some really uh, handsome sounding person even made a tutorial for how to port uh, Dobu to Hashport. Uh, you know, I, I can only imagine. The right now. Yeah. I, yeah, I the name's slipping. I can only imagine name, yeah. how handsome that guy was from his voice. But uh, so, yeah, you know, early days to now, things have changed a bit. Um, not as many people bother me personally about how to port Dobu to uh from Ethereum to Hedera using Job Hashboard. well done, then. There you go. Yeah, yeah, you know, uh, I, I, I didn't know what I was signing up for, but apparently if you, if you ever give anyone any advice or help with anything, suddenly you're, you're uh, tech support. Yeah. I should have learned that from my family, really. I should have <laughs> you should learned have. that. Absolutely. If you, if you show that you know how to operate a computer, death sentence, you will yeah. be bothered forever. Uh, well, Dovu is definitely the most popular right now. Um, mm -hmm. What do you anticipate being the most popular use case on Hashport six months to a year down the line? Do you think it's going to change? you think it'll still be Dovu or? Good question. Um, I think, you know, if you look at what happens with um, a lot of other emergent L1, L2 networks that are out there, um, there's certain key components that need to be put in place um, for those those networks to really take off and, and come into their own. Um, and, you know, obviously one is having an interoperability portal that that allows for assets to be brought across from other ecosystems into a an emergent one. Um, the other is to actually have, um, you know, platforms and services on that network that those users can then use their their you know newly migrated assets uh, within and and you know for a variety of reasons whether that's to earn yield whether that's to to stake them whether that's to you know help with governance whatever it might be um, you need those two sort of components there and so right now you know for the better part of a year we we've, we've built all of the key infrastructure that's necessary um, for, for platforms and users to quickly and seamlessly be able to integrate a, a you know, given DAP token if, if, you know, they want to bring their use case over to Hedera, or if users want to, 
um, you know, migrate there. Typically, what what comes in across an interrupt to a new network in the way of the most popular tokens. So, um, you know, just the other week we announced that we integrated, you know, wrapped Bitcoin. We already had wrapped ETH and wrapped Matic, but we also have USDT, USDC, Dai, Link, and Aave um, that we've integrated now. Um, you know, moving forward, we'll probably be adding more and more tokens um, to the platform. Um, and, you know, also, um, we're also looking at adding additional networks. Um, we're just in, in the um, auditing phase for that. Um, and we're actually looking to add um, Avalanche and BNB chain to Hashport um, coming shortly. And, and so we'll also be looking to integrate, you know, their most popular tokens on, on those networks for users of those ecosystems if, if they'd like. To come in and and you know be able to to leverage uh, Hedera and and you know use the ecosystem and sort of back to to my initial point was we're now seeing we're at the you know just the starting phase of having several DEXs come online on Hedera um, and so once that happens and users are actually able to earn liquidity rewards and and actually experience the network for themselves. Um, uh, my view is over the next six to 12 months, you know, I know we're in a bear market and I know, you know, the situations aren't, aren't, aren't as ideal as they could be. Um, that said, I think the, the inherent performance properties of, of Hedera um, will lend themselves very well as DEX has come online and users get to experience the, you know, low cost, um, you know, non-changing fee structure um, and, and, you know, the finality and the, the fair ordering that's provided. Because I mean, th there's a lot of things that DEXs on Hedera, I think can solve for, for you know, pain points on, on other networks like sandwich attacks um, and high gas fees that, that you know, get um, thrown into the mix depending on if there's an NFT sale going on at the time, right? There's a lot of variability on these other networks um, that, that I think Hedera is going to surprise a lot of people. I'm, I'm, I'm extremely excited. It's been a lot of hurry up and wait for us, but we're at the, the juncture now that I think um, very exciting stuff's on, on the horizon for everyone. So you talked about that you're going to be allowing the porting of stable coins, correct? Mm -hmm. Correct. So, so for instance, uh, USDC on Ethereum to Hedera USDC. Correct. How does Hashport expect people to use this technology? In what sense? So why would, for instance, why would someone want to get the stable coin from Ethereum and port it to Hedera? Understood. Uh, great question. So um, it's sort of two sides of the same coin. So there's already obviously native USDC residing on Hedera right now and users that are within the ecosystem absolutely could procure that. Um, there's also... Uh, you know, third-party um, uh, points of entry like banks and like like other platforms out there that you can, um, you know, uh, use fiat to get into the Hedera ecosystem and get you know a, na a native stable. Um, you know, with with Hashport, we're actually um, the fee that we're charging is fifty basis points to come across. Um, and 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 bring tokens into the network, and and that's just um, we just take a portion of whatever the token is that's that's being ported um, uh, along the way. So if you know 100 tokens were, were brought across, uh, the end user would get 99.5 on the other side, just as a a, a base example. Uh, you know, in the case of like these other 
um, fiat on ramps such as banks and different platforms, I believe that their fee structure is something like 300 basis points. So right there, I mean, there's there's right off the bat an incentive um, to use Hashport over over more traditional um, points. The other thing that I think a lot of, especially Hedera users might not be aware of, but is is very much the case if you go and look at it on a lot of these other networks like Avalanche, like Solana, like you know, pretty much all of them. Um, you have a native version of these stable coins, but you also have the representative version that gets migrated in from the, the given interop solutions that are set up for those networks. So on Avalanche, for instance, you have USDC, which is the native version, but you also have USDC.e, which is all of the USDC that's coming in from the Ethereum network onto, onto that network. It's the, same, it's the same premise that's happening here, right? So any decentralized um, stable coins that are, you know, have been procured through DEXs or wherever on Ethereum that any user on, on that network or, you know, as we move forward, other networks that will will integrate, um, they can bring those versions of the stable coins into, into Hedera from those external networks. Now, um, one of the interesting things you'll see is because of DeFi on these other networks, especially when the markets are, are at high points, um, you'll, <laughs> a lot of times you will see the the larger proportion at least this doesn't always happen but i would imagine over time this will be the same for hedera um, especially in in you know upward cycles um, you'll see the representative version or the, the ported in version will be a far greater proportion of liquidity in the network than um, the the actual native version because that's the one that's coming in and out from from DeFi users from other platforms Right. It's not it's, I'm not saying that people won't come in from the, the more traditional means that will happen and it will grow over time. But typically in a, you know, in a bull market or, a, you know, when, when everything's trending upward, you're going to see a lot of movement from the DeFi space more than you will from from the um, uh, more centralized version uh, of the token. Um, and, and I mean, that's not a uh, that's not a bug. It's a feature. Like that's just how how these these things operate in in the system, and I I think it'll be no different with Hedera. What I do think is we'll see this natural progression of understanding of what the network brings to the table, and you'll see more and more users come across via Hashport with you know the representative versions. And then once you get in there, it's up to the DEXs and 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 whomever to set up lending protocols to accept all, of, all, all a variety of manner of, of um, you know, different tokens and, and have different pools. I mean, the way it works on, um, you know, Ethereum or a lot of these other, ne other networks is you can literally go and create a pool with whatever token you'd like to. It's just, are people going to use it? So that's a long answer, but that, that's sort of the reason why there, there's, um, you know, different versions. What is Hashport's plan for porting NFTs? Can you kind of walk me through that process? Yeah, sure. Um, so porting NFTs is actually a bit more complex than than just porting fungibles. Um, you have a whole host of other things like the metadata for the NFTs to, to, to take into account. You've got to sort of make sure that everything that you have on one side ends up on the other. Um, and so, you know, the way we've been approaching this uh, right now, and, and we're still working out a few minor details um, to be able to, to enable a, a much more, um, I guess, regular updating of which collections can actually be ported. So the, the way it's going to work is if a given, you know, platform or collection wants to be integrated 
Um, for one, they have to be HIP 412 compliant, at least from the Hedera side of things, um, because that will give the, the proper metadata structures that will allow for porting over to say Ethereum or Polygon with those NFTs and then vice versa on, on, on the way back, you know, that, you know, um, ERC 721s that are coming from Polygon or Ethereum into Hedera would need to follow, you know, the typical standard conventions in order for us to support those. Because the last thing we want to do is have collections or tokens that you're porting and then you don't see the picture or you don't, or metadata is missing. Or, or this or that. So we're we're sort of curating that. It's not sort of a free for all. Um, and we think by doing that, um, a it's going to drive it's going to drive um, you know and and you know again there's been uh, I want to give a shout out really quickly um, to to a couple other community members. Um, Mei Chen from Hashpack was instrumental in in creating you know the HIP four twelve standard. Um, and, and so, you know, doing our part as Hashport to really say, no, we need to follow these, these processes and make sure that everything is, you know, coherent, um, will, I hope allow devs and, and, and creators to follow sort of what is being, being put down as best practice. And so it's sort of standardized. And then in the future, it becomes much easier to integrate whatever collection wants to be on it. So that's, that's really what we're doing. Um, and, you know, periodically we will go through um, and, and add a whole new list of, of tokens and collections um, once we get some of these other issues uh, resolved that, that we're currently working through. Awesome. Yeah. So from my audience's perspective, Hashport mm. is a Hedera project. But what I would like to know is what interest are you seeing from other chains? Are people from Polygon or Ethereum showing interest in Hashport? Yeah, great question. Um, again, it's a bit of a chicken in the egg. So there is interest, no doubt, mm -hmm. um, in both the network and the platform itself. Um, one of the things we are seeing is, is you know, um, there, you know, while Hedera is emerging as you know this this amazing new network uh, that that is going to be leveraged more and more, I think, and especially you're seeing it with the NFTs right now, the explosion of of NFTs on, on Hedera and, you know, the Hedera hot summer, or, uh, what, what the, I can't remember the hashtag for it's, it. But, uh, it's Hedera um, heat wave. Hedera heat wave. There you go. Um, you know, that, that's going to continue. I mean, if you look at NFTs on Hedera, there's just so much to like, there's just so much to like about them. Right. Um, bros. There you go. Everyone loves us. Right? Yeah, totally. And I mean, so like the fees, the, you know, not bottlenecking from collections launching on the platform. Um, you know, there's just a lot of, a lot of stuff to like. Um, so I think, you know, it, it really makes sense to, I guess, take the approach of being as inviting as possible and, and just showing the growth, the organic growth that's happening. And as we get DEXs and as we get, invariably we get liquidity that comes across to to you know take advantage of the rewards that are going to be put onto these DEXs. I think users from other networks are going to fall in love with Hedera. And as that starts to happen, the gravitational pull will be such that platforms and developers will be like, hey, like Hedera is the real deal. There's this ecosystem that we need to, to spend uh, a lot of time looking at and seeing if if this is of interest. And also it's it like a lot of DeFi and, and all of this stuff is about community at the end of the day. Right. And a lot of, a lot of platform decisions on these other networks for, for, you know, uh, DeFi is done with communal voting. 
right? And DAOs and, and, and all of that stuff. So it's not just, you know, simply going and talking to a platform and they're like, oh, hey, sure, we'll be over tomorrow. Um, it's, it, it's a lot more, you know, intricate. Um, and so I think as all of these things on Hedera come into their own, the conversation becomes much more natural for those other platforms to take a strong look at Hedera and, and, and decide to, to migrate across. And, you know, given, you know, given the opportunity to go decide to build on one network that has, you know, potentially billions of dollars of liquidity and another network that, that really is just starting out on that journey, it's, it's a tough conversation to have, right? Um, just just solely on the premise of, of performance and, and what have you. I think that story will change as we move forward because more liquidity over time, regardless of where the market's at, I think liquidity is just going to start to maybe a trickle in the beginning, but it's going to you know turn into a, a torrent um, into Hedera over time. So, I mean, I'm looking forward to it. The, the, the conversations are being had. There is definite interest. Um, it's just, we need to get a bit further down the path, I think. And then all of that stuff will fall in place as well, just like it has with many of these other networks. Um, one question I have, you know, since we're mentioning other networks is we've seen a lot of um, security issues with um, <clears throat> multiple bridges. Um, these exploits go for, you know, sometimes eight figures, just disgusting amount of money. Um, yeah. I'm kind of curious to hear about what Hashport is doing or how secure uh, what security considerations you guys are making? Yeah, you know, security is, security is a, a very important um, consideration when we look at this stuff, obviously, um, especially as time goes on and, and, you know, the interop becomes more and more used. Um, one of the other things that we haven't done, but that a lot of other interops have, um, a couple of things. One, we don't have liquidity pool, at least as it stands right now, we don't have liquidity pools on either side. It's not native token to native token. It's actually, you take your native token, you lock it up on Hashport. It gets multi-signed by all of the, the validators, the validator swarm that we have. Um, and, and then we mint representative versions on the other side. So in order to, to ever get like the native version back, you actually have to, would have to get a hold of that that token that ends up in the user's wallet at the end of the process anyway. There's nothing to to go after on the other side um, after it gets into the user's wallet. And then on the returning trip, you know that token gets burnt, and then the rep the, the the native token gets unlocked and put into their wallet. Um, so that's one thing. Um, some of these hacks, I think, with with wormhole or portal, um, they were dealing with um, you know uh, liquidity pool stuff, and that's how how that that got compromised. Um, and so, you know, the other thing that we've really done with Hashport is we've tried to take a, an approach um, that sort of mirrors what Hedera has been doing with the governing council in that we've, we've taken nine industry leading organizations and um, they've come on to, to be able to validate every single transaction that we have coming through from, from users. So, you know, from top to bottom, we have the HBAR Foundation, we actually have Polygon, network actually validating as well. Galaxy, which is Spencer Dinwiddie's uh, decentralized social media platform that's being built on Hedera um, is a validator. BCW Group is another validator. Uh, Hex Trust, which is one of Asia's leading digital asset custodians um, is a validator. WorldPay from FIS is actually a Hedera governing council member. They're, they're on board as well. Um, Stable Node, which is actually sister company um, or sub company of MakerDAO and the Dai Stablecoin, 
Um, and then Animoca Brands, um, which is one of you know the world's largest decentralized gaming companies, and LimeChain, who is one of the principal architects of of Hashport. And so between these nine members, um, we're doing multi-sign transactions that are being logged immutably um, with 100% finality within three to five seconds on the Hedera public network, right? So that's the first step of it. And some of these other interops, what you're seeing is um, you know, we're, we're having situations where it's two of four nodes were compromised. Well, that doesn't seem like a big hurdle. You literally just have to hold one yourself and manage to compromise your friend's email or whomever, a, a colleague or coworker. Whereas, you know, with, with having five out of nine, it's a much more difficult proposition to, to be able to do that. And as we move forward, we're also looking at adding additional validators um, to the platform. And, and we actually have a, a few that we're, we're looking at right now. Um, and so, you know, we may end up, it may end up be a situation where we end up with six or seven out of 11, which then every additional validator that you add on um, ends up, you know, adding more security to the platform. So you actually get more secure with, with respect to the actual logging and validation of the transactions as, as time goes on. So those are some of the, the differentiating I think pieces that you know from from these other platforms that we've sort of again taken a look at. How do we make the best, most secure experience for end users and and deliver that to them? Something I'm curious on: what is the uh, incentive for becoming a validator? Yeah, I mean, so the, the validators um, obviously they're selected actually by the council members themselves now. So it's sort of a, a self-selecting committee. Uh, moving forward, but um, the validators on Hashboard, um, they they take part in in sharing of of the fees that are generated from the platform, and then you know that feeds back into to the development and and furtherance of offering you know a whole host of features and functionality that we'll be bringing to market over you know the coming months and years. What would you say are Hashport's immediate priorities right now? Yeah, I mean, I, I think a lot of the good question again. I, I think a lot of the priorities is what we've been executing on, you know, adding tokens that users will want to move into the network, um, and then also adding networks that, um, you know, look, looking to add networks that users are on currently, right? I mean, if you look at if you look at by an activity basis, um, BNB chains one of the most active DeFi chains there is out there. So. And, and, and you know they, they have a very large market cap and 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 liquidity over there so naturally you want to you, you know you want to plug into popular liquidity rich networks to have users be able to have the most options possible um, when deciding to move between networks what would you say hashboard's plans are for the long-term sustainability of the platform yeah I mean <sighs> When we look at the long-term viability of the platform, obviously we want to have we want to have usage and we want to have users coming across it. In order to do that, I think you know you have to provide a great user experience. You have to provide all the features that one would want, and, and selection of tokens and, and networks, and and ultimately that lends itself to being used. Um, and 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 so it's sort of a virtuous cycle in that um, and symbiotic relationship. We need users to enjoy using and porting with Hashboard and and in order for us to to have the best chance of doing that, we need to offer everything that that users would want to see, and also you know features and functionality that they they might not 
um, you know, know that, that they'd like to have that, that we'll try and provide for them and, you know, all sorts of different um, benefits to, to leveraging the platform. The other, you know, long-term view of, uh, of the platform is to work with larger orgs and institutions to see if there are um, individualized use cases that we can, we can help them with that will allow them to do things that they haven't been able to in the past or to restructure, you know, traditional business models or, or paths um, that will enable them to, you know, save money in terms of um, migrating assets, settling assets, um, and especially around the stablecoin stuff. I mean, that's something we're, we're acutely aware of and, and looking at, um, you know, working on. Um, so I, I think, you know, the future is really just listening to what the market needs and, and being able to provide that for them. Is there, um, so I know there's a lot of uh, talk about interoperability in general. It's like, I think the, the big frontier, um, all of these networks are very siloed from one another. Um, and so once they come together, you know, the, the world is just going to be a new world. Um, and I've heard a lot of technologies on native chains like Hedera state proofs um, that hopefully will be coming soon um, that allow chains to interoperate with each other. Also, uh, Chainlink's uh, CCIP cross-chain interoperability protocol. Do these technologies complement what you guys do? Great question. Um, what I will say is, you know, all these new technologies, we will never rule out a technology. We will never just say, oh, that doesn't matter because that's not true. <laughs> we'll always take a, a good hard look at something. And if it makes sense to integrate or to leverage a service, we, we will absolutely do that. One of the big things I think that's going to be a challenge, especially with, with DeFi and cross-network communication as we go forward is, as, as this gets more and more popular and bigger and bigger and the sums of money that we're dealing with are um, larger and larger, the stakes continue to rise. And as the stakes continue to rise, so does the incentive to actually try and attack something like that. And, and, and you know, Vitalik has actually talked about this. Um, if anyone's out there and they haven't, I highly recommend going and subscribing to his blog or, or just following his blog because he puts out a lot of great stuff. Uh, but one of the things that he has talked about is, you know, um, the future might be multi-chain, but it's, it's not going to be interoperable. And I, I partially agree with what he's saying in the sense that, um, you know, cross-app communication and network communication is a very tricky, difficult thing to do and to do it in, in a secure, efficient way. Now, I'm not saying it's impossible, but there, you know, again, when you're dealing with trillions and, and trillions of dollars eventually, um, you're going to want to be as secure as possible with with those assets, and the the best way to ensure that is to keep everything housed within one particular network for whatever use case or thing that you're doing. So, you know, the way we view Hashport sort of is right now, at least in its current form, is we're trying to be the best, you know, um, connection between networks to move assets from one network to another so that they can they, they can be used within those housed and used within those ecosystems not necessarily doing this back and forth you know continually being able to communicate with all networks all at the same time that's great and, and maybe we'll get there in you know 20 30 years or, or maybe sooner but you know the 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 promise that we're going to get there anytime soon i think is is outlandish and i think you know, if anyone's if, if anyone's being totally honest with themselves about the space, it is an incredible space to be in, 
but it is probably the the fastest turning over space there is. There are more experiments being conducted every day. There's more stuff breaking here every day than there is anywhere else in the world. And so when you're looking at that and then you're saying, oh, hey, by the way, we're going to migrate assets between networks. We're also going to communicate on the fly between two different dApps that, you know, we don't know if they have, you know, bugs or, or break or this. I just think you get to this stage where it's like the proposition that something bad isn't going to happen is so it's so laughable that it, that if someone was to tell themselves that's the case, that I think, you know, we're just focusing on being pragmatic about what is actually going to push things forward for individual users and what are the first you know, entrance real use cases that institutions and orgs would actually look to use an interop for. Is it going to be cross-staff communication and all this crazy stuff? Or is it going to just be, hey, we need to get assets from here to here, we need to do it safely and efficiently. And if we're trying to do it for the first time in a decentralized way, we're going to want to make sure that it's secure and we're going to want to make sure that that, you know, all these best practices are being followed. So uh, I agree that in the future, we may end up in a situation where, you know, just like we do with web browsers or on our phone or going on Zoom, it doesn't matter whether you're on a phone, tablet, you know, your desktop, it's all the same. We're on this right now and it's all seamless because, because software is abstracted in a way. Maybe we get there eventually, but we're dealing with a whole extra order of magnitude in terms of complexity that needs to be dealt with first. And that'll take a whole lot of time. So uh, it, it, it's not, it's, it would be nice to have, but I think it's, it's a far ways out. All right. I think that's a, that's a great little book in there. Uh, I'd like to thank Jesse from Hashport for agreeing to be here. Of course. Uh, I really appreciate it. And uh, I think a lot of people are going to get some really good information out of this episode. Absolutely. Thanks very much guys for having me and uh, you know, always a pleasure and would love to come back on anytime. Love to have you back on. Uh, now, if you enjoyed this podcast, please consider subscribing to our YouTube channel, following us on Twitter at Hedera Hashcast, and supporting us via Patreon. As a patron, you get early access to the podcast, as well as admittance to a private, private Discord community where I announce guests in advance, solicit questions, and take feedback. Thank you for listening and for helping to build a consensus in the Hedera community. Thank you to our patrons. ABFT, FTW, Charlie Go, Pib Chibbler, and DJ.